In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news in the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and with that... Alright, Major Dempsey, you have collected Dr. Marilow. You have found a spot to start trying to dig into the readings, the video files, all the data you compiled out in the field the night before. Where do you start? You got some video, you got some readings. You both are scientists, though, in the most traditional sense of the term. Like, both physicists, you're both very skilled in this area. Any kind of early hypotheses, theories, ideas you're trying to see if the data lines up against any way kind of pans out? Like, what are you looking to start with first? Is it the video stuff? Because the video just kind of confirms that those pilots weren't crazy. Is it maybe the readings to see if you can explain away some of the video with readings? What's the thought process at this? So my history with Dr. Merlo is basically with like acoustic programs and everything else like that. So I would like to bring up the video first, just so that way she can witness what I was able to witness. And I'll bring up the readings to kind of go along so that way we can kind of stop and replay and I use that to mark and roadmap what was happening. I remember kind of as I was experiencing that, it was a little overwhelming, so I couldn't get super solid readings. So I'd like to ask her professional opinion on the evidence or not the evidence, but data I've collected. Makes sense. And I guess to remind you what the video shows in shaky cam footage, it shows a brilliant blue-white flash silently erupting across the snow and clouds at Crow Lake. It illuminates the whole area and is gone in an instant. Half a dozen bolts of lightning strike the earth around the Crow Lake area and light the entire snowstorm blue-purple. A brilliant aura hangs immediately overhead, a tall corona of blue light situated kind of roughly over Crow Lake in one spot. There's also a recording of this kind of horrible screeching noise as part of it. Maybe it's a scream, maybe it's a roar, maybe it's the sound of machinery on machinery. You're not quite sure. You've never heard anything like it before. So, yes, the pilots that experienced the weather phenomenon were not crazy. Honestly, I feel a little crazy after witnessing it myself because nothing really makes sense as to why all of these things would happen suddenly, one after the other. We have this explosion of light, which I don't know what would cause such an intense luminescence out of seemingly nowhere, followed by six thunderbolts, an aurora borealis, and an incredible scream. Now, either something is up with the magnetism or just some sort of electrical disturbance around the area, or we... I, I can't even piece things together. My chauffeur, my driver, escort, whatever, was having a meltdown in the middle of this, so he was of complete no use. I was doing or writing down as much as I could. And here's my journal with my findings, or at least just what I was thinking around that time while I was holding the camera and trying to record and just take in as much data as possible. Hmm. So as I was watching the, uh, the video and recordings, one of the things I wanted to kind of notice was the big screeching sound. Would I be able to use my science acoustics, for example, to try to maybe 
take a soundbite of that scream and narrow down to see what could have like, I guess something that's like man-made or something perhaps that is an animal of sort or anything like that, just to try to find like any kind of way to narrow down what it is. Sure. Yeah. You could definitely spend some time working on the sound. I will remind you we're working with nineties tech, so there's no kind of easily accessible, especially in your situation, like sound identification database. You can, just dump this into online. But yeah, if you want to spend some time analyzing the sound, you can most definitely do that. What's your physics acoustics at? My science acoustics is at 80. Oh, that's more than enough to do this with minimal effort. Yeah. So you kind of back up what you kind of already suspect, which is that this doesn't match anything you've heard. Like it's almost like simultaneously organic and a machine, but also mostly it just doesn't sound right like it doesn't line up with anything you've ever experienced before it's a very kind of specific but also you can't quite place your finger on it i would go so far as to say you're only calling it a scream because you don't really have a better word to describe it as like Mm. it's 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 the closest word you can think of to describe the sound it's not not a scream but like it's so much more at the same time like Typically, screams indicate pain, fear, surprise, something along those lines. This is none of those. Hmm. So I look over at Dempsey and I kind of start to go over and explain a little bit of the the data as far as the audio stuff goes. So I'll say, well, whatever this is, it's I can't pinpoint the sound. It just the screech is so odd to me because it doesn't sound like it's anything, I guess, for lack of a better word either like man-made and so i start to play snippets of it as in like to kind of show like you see like it almost sounds a little bit organic but then it's also kind of like machine in nature it's really odd it's and so i have this perplexed look on my face as i'm kind of just like studying through this i go back and start rewinding some of the video footage and then i look over at dempsey and say do you have any of the readings you said you had readings from that night with to go along with this video. Can you show me some of those readings? Yes. Here, let me let me grab the data charts as well as um journal. I'll flip to that. This is what I could get. Now, despite the fact that the car was completely full of equipment, I could only access so much. This is what I found in relation to here. And these are the timelines in which everything was kind of happening. Actually, question. Rewind back to the screech. Notice the timestamp right here. Did you, around this time, did you hear something? Because something this loud must have been able to travel back to the base. I go ahead and start double-checking what Dempsey was pointing out. So in doing so, you are maybe reminded, maybe it flashes across your brain. There's no good way of describing this. The hallucination you experienced while things were happening in the morgue preceding this strange phenomenon you briefly have the kind of image of men and women streaking and their fangs dripping with blood and poison. But more importantly, a glowing mist shimmers and swirls in the night sky, coalescing into cold green stars. The stars are eyes, great distant eyes, cold and malevolent hungry. That kind of general just imagery kind of floats through your brain, kind of creeping back up from the depths where you'd maybe pushed it aside or forgotten it. But it's the hallucination you had the kind of preceding the events and it seems like something about the video was kind of triggering especially in that second part with the mist okay 
So as this memory is starting to get triggered for me, I have a moment of panic where obviously I, I, I start to like breathe heavy. I'm looking nervous. Of course, I want to make sure that I'm still consciously aware that I'm myself and not losing consciousness again. So at that same time, I quickly look for a piece of paper and maybe like a pencil or something. And I try to like jot down what I saw in that like flashback memory before it escapes me. So you want to kind of steer into the skid and write down everything again, or do you want to try and like fight it some? Well, I'm trying to like just write it all down or at least like, yeah, I'm trying to like literally like try to either draw it or like put it somewhere. So because I don't want to lose the, I guess the, the moment where like, I don't want it to like disappear on me and then I forget. So I'm like panicky in a moment trying to like draw this out and write and describe it. So I'm like just scribbling away at this point right now. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you managed to kind of recapture in greater detail the entire vision, hallucination. You're not quite sure what it was. And it's broken down into six-ish kind of distinctive chunks. The first chunk is bloody snakes living across a frozen forested swamp. They writhe in the loins of shrieking women and men. Their fangs dripping blood and poison. The second kind of collection of imagery and words is glowing mist shimmers and swirls in the night sky, coalescing into cold green stars. Stars are eyes, great distant eyes, cold, malevolent, and hungry. The third chunk is an enormous mound of red earth rises hugely above the swamp. The fourth chunk is a vague figures lead the dreamer up a hill and restrain them in a place of pain. This is necessary. I'm not quite sure how you know it's necessary, but like maybe you're circling kind of some aspect of that to draw attention to it. The vague figures climb down and sing strange prayers. And last but not least, the writhing bloody snakes suck up the stars and the shimmering mist. So what you have is kind of a collection of words. You're a scientist. You're used to working in diagrams. I can imagine it's a bunch of kind of like crude stick figures and weird iconography and just kind of like detail lines with words coming off of it and stuff like that. Is that kind of what you were picturing as well? I figured I'd try to be a little bit detailed. Obviously, I'm not an artist. In fact, I think my, yeah, I don't have anything in art at all, so I really can't do too much with it. But as best as I can, given my skill level with it, but yes, obviously any words that I can remember, I jot down. But I will, yeah, it's going to be a lot of stick figures and like basic lines and stuff like that. Enough that it's legible to understand like the general idea, but obviously not super detailed where it gives away the whole story it's not a concrete thought at all i only asked the question because as you're doing this major dempsey you are watching your colleague who you've known for some time just kind of suddenly grab paper and start just scribbling like a mad woman on a variety of things and what she's drawing and writing like it's you've seen people work in stream of consciousness before like you've probably known an artist or two that works in kind of similar Maybe not over the top, but very kind of spontaneous, very kind of flow of thought work. And I'm not sure what your necessary perception of Dr. Marilow is, but she's probably not, given her background, prone to such outbursts, if you will. And with everything going on, this is definitely strange. I just watched Marilow grab my personal journal, rip the pen out of my hands, and just start jotting down over like what I've, what even I've written and stuff. So I'm definitely a little shocked to see this and very confused initially but i think the scientist in me kind of kicks in as well 
I'm recording how long this episode is lasting, as well as taking note of the around the same time or the, the time frame of the video and audio that's kind of happening at the, the same time. Question, is Merlo's episode starting and ending with the duration of the screech? It does not line up with the visual or auditory stimulus that should be getting from the recording. This is more just kind of like something's triggered something. I'm assuming this takes probably, we'll say five, ten minutes start to finish. Like, it's not a lot of detail. It's kind of a fugue state type of situation. But this is not a full-on break with reality. It's more just kind of a sudden spontaneous kind of trying to get all the thoughts down as they flow through, if that makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha. During this time, while Merlo is having this episode, I will be gripping my scalpel just in a little bit of concern. Sure. So as I finish jotting everything down, and as soon as I'm done, I slam the whatever writing instrument I have down, and I look at everything, and I'm like, this is it. This is what I saw before I blacked out that night. What is the... What... Hold up. Are, are you okay? And I check pulse. Just kind of fingers to Merlo's throat. Are you lucid? How many fingers am I holding up? I don't know. I respond in like normal responses and nothing out of the ordinary other than the fact that like at that moment when I was drawing, I was like heavily breathing because I really wanted to like make sure I got everything down. But for the most part, I'm responding as normal, consciously aware and all that. And so, I mean, I'm guessing pulse is good and all that stuff beyond whatever's out of the ordinary. Everything's normal. Yeah, I say. So the night when all this happened, I blacked out. And I don't remember a thing, but watching this stuff right now and playing it back, I don't know if it like triggered a memory or set something off, but I, I needed to write it down before I lost it again. And this is what I remember before I blacked out. And then that was gone. So I don't know what to, how to explain it other than like, this feels familiar. And so I start to show the the drawings and the stuff I wrote down to Dempsey. And I'm like, I know I look crazy right now and I totally understand, but I'm telling you this stuff right here, this, this came to me before I blacked out and then I couldn't remember it for the life of me until right now. I will say I am concerned that this is a little bit, this is a lot of information to kind of take in, but nonetheless, this is, what you wrote down is a little disturbing, and this is something that for sure, for sure, you can remember. This isn't new information, but this happened again. I mean, I guess so, but like I said, it's just until I watched this footage right now that you played back, I did not remember any of this. So this is all just, for lack of a better word, like it's literally new, but it doesn't feel new, you know? No, I, I, I can see where you're coming from. This fugue state or this i honestly it might not even be a fugue state or anything else like that but maybe the acoustics in the screech as well as the series of lights and images and sounds might have created a hypnotic trance i'm not as susceptible to hypnosis i've i've, I've attended a couple self-help tracks for relaxation but that would never really work for me we need to isolate the sounds or at least we need to isolate these this clip and see whether or not multiple or and successive reactions happen i want to test this but i 
don't want to test this on people unwillingly, but at the same time, we don't really have very much options with this. Test me. I mean, we saw what it did right now. Slap some readings on or some sort of like measurements on me, like question uh, what kind of like met like if you wanted to like get some vitals, for example, or like to measure like basic brain activity. Is that stuff that would be available here on site? Not really. That's some pretty high end medical grade equipment at that point. I will say, though, that as someone who has as much experience with the violin as Dr. Merlo does. She is kind of aware of the idea that what causes a memory to resurface for a person is not necessarily predictable. Like, as much as people think kind of memories are a hard science, sound, smell, taste, a variety of factors that you don't necessarily think of as triggers can very easily bring forth very strong memories, suppressed or not. And Mm -hmm. the fact that something about this video recorded, whether it be the visual aspect or the audio aspect of it has triggered this is strange, but it's still within the realm of kind of normal psychological science. Not something either of you were involved with, but given your experience with musical instruments, you definitely would have kind of brushed shoulders with the concept of kind of music therapy of some kind. You wouldn't know much about it, but the idea that you could use hypothetically music as a psychological tool of some type. And with that in mind, it might be worth kind of maybe delving into research into this dream hallucination, whatever you want to call it type of thing. Like this is the 90s dream research and kind of the meaning of dreams would have been a topic that a scientist you both would have scoffed at as some real kind of woo woo pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. So I look over at Dempsey and I say, so we've seen what it does to me. We should try this with one other person. Obviously, it doesn't look like it had any kind of effect on you. Perhaps Schuler. Well, considering the fact that, from what I remember, what I've heard, Schuler had a very violent episode, we would have to make sure that this isn't a very controlled environment. What I kind of wish were the detainees were still here, because then at least we could... Actually, well, there's a holding cell. We could do a, a test with Schuler. We would have to put you in separate cells because I'd rather not him harm you while you're having your visions. But nonetheless, that's something we can do. We would need to need to meet up with Schuler. Nonetheless, this is a weird little sidetrack that we've kind of went across as well. But these these timelines, they can you looking at the timestamp, can you just kind of walk me through what you were doing or what you were experiencing as we kind of went along as the progression of events happened. To clarify this, the vision happened while you were snacking on Amanda Thorpe. That's what your brain was at during that moment. You were conscious and more or less there for the entire light and sound show that happened. Like I said, the hallucination, dream, whatever you want to call it, happened before the weird incursion where things went to hell for a minute. I won't mention, obviously, the snacking part. So... I'll just say that there was some weird activity going on prior to that event happening. Shortly after I like regained consciousness, I remember hearing the sound and then the light show stuff. And then there was just fighting. How long after the sound did you black out or you did you black out before the sound? Before, actually, my episode of blacking it out actually happened before all this other stuff went down. Do you remember if Schuler was a little bit more conscious during his bout of violence? 
honestly, I it's it's hard to remember. I just remember things going completely sideways when I came to, and then it was just zero to one hundred, if you will. Mm. Let's meet up with Schuler. We'll see if we can convince him to run a test. Otherwise, I think we could probably convince one of the guards or whoever to be our test subject and check this out at least. Or honestly, no, 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 I don't. That's a wild card. There was I remember hearing talks of a sheriff, but I don't think we could really just take somebody like the sheriff and just kind of subject him to various tests without him knowing. That would require you to bring him in or you would go find him. Yeah, that'd be that's a bit of a tall order. Mm-hmm. Calling him those within the cards. You mean like calling him and playing the audio through the phone? That's a thing you could do hypothetically. Huh. And I guess I will also remind you, you've already gotten in trouble once today with Agent Harris about there being physicists in the morgue. Did you have some data you can sift through? Do you want to try and like track back to the morgue so soon? There's a decent chance that the guards are maybe going to be a little less friendly to you this time around. But also, you can totally say screw that and just do what you want. I am just reminding you that Harris has already read the riot act once for why are all these physicists hanging out in the morgue? Gotcha. I remember during the event, there was some information that I missed. Can I review the readings as well as review the notes to see if I can pick up any kind of new information from that time? And- Absolutely. So actually, yeah, the equipment was quite useful as part of that. Can I take my time with it or do you want me to roll? No, this will take some time. Yeah, it, you have a skill of physics of above 20%, right? Hold on a sec, yeah. My physics is in 64. Yeah, that's more than enough to read these readings. And yeah, it'll take some time to kind of dig through this and understand all of it. Mm, baby, let's see them spreadsheets. You joke, but... So it looks like the extremely low frequencies jumped up super quick within the matter of less than a second, which is interesting because... As you're digging into this data, a pattern slowly starts to reveal itself, and it kind of backs up with what you were seeing, but also it just raises as many questions as it does answer. Like, one or two spikes, okay, yeah, that would make sense. It means something's happening. But the fact that you have spikes in low frequency, high frequency, visible and UV light and ionizing radiation all happening simultaneously, and not small spikes, like major spikes that all seem to have kind of a I don't want to say equivalent but like each one has a ramp that goes from normal to elevated to huge increase and then drops off it's all in the span of seconds that is very strange and none of the obvious visual factors you've seen really explain this It all kind of adds up to, okay, yeah, you would experience probably some visual phenomena with this happening, but also this doesn't happen. Uh, But I will say also that like things like the high frequency spike do explain the sudden kind of burst of radio static you were hearing. The visible and UV light spike, that explains the violent flashes and surges you were seeing potentially. Mm. The ionizing radiation is probably, out of all of these maybe the most troubling because of what it implies. And as both of you would know, being very skilled scientists, you would know that the data points to something very strange, which is the transformation of matter to pure energy, which 
isn't a thing that happens in earthly nature. That's kind of a cosmic inside of a star type situation. So shit's literally getting atomized and not even just atomized, but beyond that, like matters being converted into energy. Yeah, it's a gamma radiation reaction. That's why some of the spikes are so high. Like, okay, you're seeing a lot of gamma radiation, which is the byproduct of that essentially event happening. Huh. Looking at these, we might be experiencing radiation poisoning or could experience radiation poisoning in the future. Potentially should be, but you're not. Hmm. With everything else that's happening, we're being insulated from this actual radiation. This, there's a gamma reaction happening here. We should have melted. That is odd. And this also explains the radioactive snow you found, hypothetically. Working off the theory that's been posited that whatever happened last night also happened two nights ago is what kind of caused the situation in Willis. If that is indeed the case, that explains the radioactive snow that you were finding all around Crow Lake. That, that goes up in radiation the closer you get to certain areas. We should probably find rad suits. Hmm. Looking over the stuff there, and I'm just like in this weird disbelief as like all this is slowly coming together, like the radiation, but we're not radiated. And it's just, again, further stacks on this whole thing of like, based off of what I know from my studies in science, none of this makes any sense at all. Question. Would the radiation have hindered or messed with your readings regarding our vital signs? If we were to shelter ourselves in a bunker, supposing that there is a bunker here, would we have the same results? Does Willis have a bomb shelter? Not that you've been informed of, but I will say this realization does remind Dr. Merlow of something Dr. Schuler said when he was doing the examinations earlier this morning and last night, actually, during the autopsy. It is like something is taking energy and the energy is just disappearing. And it's happening on a cellular level, apparently. You're not sure where the energy's going, but it's just vanishing. And in theory, you all should be dead or experiencing radiation sickness or something based off of this. It's possible that whatever was observed by Dr. Schuler in the cell activity is what's stopping that from being a problem. I might also suggest that the fact that you're not all dead might point towards whatever has infected you or is altering you at a in a cellular level. It's causing that kind of bizarre temperature drop, but also temperature sensitivity might be the only thing keeping you alive right now. Hmm. So I look over at Dempsey and, and say, I think we should find Schuler. There's we need to we need to reconvene. I'm a little concerned with some of the implications these readings are giving us. If whatever you said regarding what Schuler mentioned earlier, does that mean whatever phenomenon is causing this, if it stops, do we suddenly experience the effects that we should be experiencing? Do we, are our lives in danger? Or is the thing that's threatening us the only thing that's keeping us alive at this point? I don't know if it's exactly like that. But I will say that for all intents and purposes, based off whatever readings we have now, we should already be dead. So if we should operate on the idea that we're on borrowed time at this point. Gotcha. Let's meet up with Schuler. Let's see if we can find some rad suits, if anything, any kind of preventative measure that I could we could enact. Fair enough. 
Stone, before you head out, this has all taken quite a bit of time to kind of dig through and going through the readings and going through what the sensor equipment's telling you from outside as well. You have also figured out something a little bit strange. The sensors you left up in the field and kind of the data you've picked up has helped you figure out there's something going on. There's a point in the lake, kind of in the most western area, near where that tendril kind of stretches off towards the town of Willis. There's a concentration of something 10 meters up above the surface of the lake. Concentration of like energy in the readings or, or what's the concentration that we're... There appears to be a point of energy absorption going on there. Huh. Do we have a way to narrow down that on like an actual point or is this like... Because I know the tech is limited, but like are we able to actually narrow that down to that specific point or... You can get a general idea of it, maybe not an exact point, but the fact that there's an obvious loss of infrared radiation there, which makes it distinctly colder than the surrounding area. But at the same time, it seems to be the kind of focal point for where the ultraviolet and ionizing radiation seems to be coming from and spreading across the lake. Like, it's it's weird, though. Like, there's a point in the air 10 meters above the lake, out over the lake, that's simultaneously putting off energy, but also draining heat out of the local environment. Hmm. We could probably send the blue fly team, provided that the storm kind of settled. They are airmen, after all. What's the weather like right now? It's still blizzard going on. Like, it's not ideal okay. flying conditions. Hmm. Do we send a probe? Can we launch a probe in there? What type of probe are you thinking? I don't know. I was thinking of, like, when I think of old 90s probes, it's probably some weird large pill form with a cable attached to it so we could take readings. I don't know how science works. That's fair. <laughs> no, I guess like you wouldn't have to say it's not that handy, but like surveying the area in more detail might be useful. I Yes, let's survey the... Well, the, the Blue Flight team is about to survey the... Town, yeah. Yeah. We could probably get into touch with the Blue Flight team. I did send them into Willis to do a better survey. We can give them specific instructions on what to be looking for. I mean, at this point, yeah, that's not a bad idea, but we definitely regroup with Schuler. Let's go. So before you go and find Schuler, I need to see a stand check because you have realized that all these effects are literally emerging from thin air. A sand check. <laughs> let's go. I was wondering when the sand check was going to kick in. Sometimes you let stuff play out till the end and then you have the sand check. 59 out of 60 success. Yeah, no. 50 out of 43% failure. All right, so if you passed, you're good. If you fail, just one point of sand damage because this is some scientific impossibility. Usually, okay, here's the thing. Usually, that's supposed to be exciting for scientists. <laughs> there is a negative void hanging out above the lake like some sort of energy suck angel. Like, let's... Let's go. Let's fucking go, I guess. You gonna eat it or are you gonna project it? I'm just gonna eat it. All it's right. a single point of sand damage. Last time I tried to project a single point of sand yeah, damage. Yeah, it's, it's just a single point of sand damage. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> I'm just gonna eat it. I'm gonna eat it. Mar? Yeah, it's just one point of sand damage. So, this has all taken some time. It's taken about kind of eight hours to get through all the data and come to this realization. So we're now gonna jump backwards in time to We'll say about 9, 10 a.m. of the same day as we rejoin Dr. Schuler, who is once again alone in the morgue. What are you up to, Dr. Schuler? Once I'm alone, 
I'm going to make sure to lock the doors and I'm going to break out some equipment that I probably didn't think that would need to be used here. And I'm sure. going to flick off the lights inside and I'm going to I'm going to turn on a black light in here and see what I can see. I mean, the black light doesn't reveal anything that's new, I guess. Like you see, I'm not really quite sure what corpses look like under black light, but you see the corpse of Amanda Thorpe bathed in the unnatural light of a black light. There's nothing extra weird it's revealing. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to see any like poorly cleaned up blood trails or anything like that that hasn't been. Nah, nothing like that. Okay, good. That assuages a lot of my fears. I would also say, though, that based on what you know of these bodies, the chances of, like, even if you, like, broke an arm off in a really kind of gory manner, the blood's not going anywhere any real, anytime soon. Like, it's pretty close to freezing. The blood is thick at this point, and it's been dead for several hours. It's no longer quite as liquid as it once was. Maybe it would show signs of, like, the pooling that happens when a body's been left in one space for too long without proper storage. But, again, it's been cold. These have been refrigerated. It's normal kind of... It's going to sound weird, but basically it's more visual normal, if that makes any sense. There's no signs of any extra horribleness having happened here. So remind me, the readings we took of ourselves, the living people, was that the same temperature of the corpses in here? Your bodies are sitting at approximately 5 degrees Celsius, 41 degrees Fahrenheit. The corpses have been sitting at 0.5 degrees Celsius, just slightly above freezing. Okay. Well, seeing as there was more damage to Amanda Thorpe's body than when we left the last time, I want to just pull out a couple more of these corpses, and I want to check around the bodies again, and I want to see if there are any new bruising or marks that might indicate someone has looked over them or moved them in some way. Nah, nothing. Let's see. I mean, then I'm just going to go back to experimenting with what I can do to cool down, destroy, or stop the sapping of the energy from the, the, the cells within our body. Sure. Yeah, it's all kind of just reconfirming over and over again the same strange data you've come up with. That being said, do you have any special, like, yeah, it's been damaged and it's not kind of fully formed still, but do you have any extra interest in Amanda Thorpe's unborn child? Yeah, I'll probably try to see, like, what kind of damage was done to it when someone ripped into it or whatever was trying to bore itself out of her. And what's your medicine at? 70. That's more than enough to recognize this. Yeah, so... It's a mix of whatever killed Amanda, definitely killed the baby originally, like it was a fatality of its mother's death, unfortunately. And the extra damage you're seeing definitely kind of seems to line up with some type of blunt force trauma, maybe a rightful butt, maybe an elbow, maybe a fist inside of a glove or a hazmat suit or something, like really just something clubby and kind of broad hit it. Hypothetically, you'd assume that any of the AFOSI agents could do it, any of the soldiers you've seen. Hell, on a good day, maybe you could even do this with a good punch or two. But yes, it definitely seems as though something bludgeoned, punched, bashed the unborn child, but all the damage to the abdomen area, it's definitely lines up with coming from the inside. I mean, how formed is the baby? It's nine months pregnant formed, so quite formed. I mean, I'm going to check under the fingernails of this this baby. I'm going to see if there's any gore there. 
any bruising on the knuckles around it. So your kind of further investigation reveals a couple things. Yeah, there are some small marks of it, but also baby fingernails at time of birth are very soft. Like you're maybe finding it's possible you're seeing some signs of it trying to claw its way out, but also it didn't do a very good job of it. Did they peel back like what you're talking about? No, there's kind of too soft to kind of really get a grip. Okay. What's the setup here? Do we have a full like station to burn bodies if we need to on site? There's no official place to dispose of bodies, but getting something set up just to burn stuff wouldn't be that hard. You could probably get someone to dig something. Oh, that's not good. I wanted to get rid of this body and make sure we were done with it, but I don't think a hit's going to do it. I mean, also, that would also potentially raise the question of why are you burning this body specifically? Like, oh, I was going to take a handful of them and just and, and do it in, like, rotation and, and make I up mean, if you want to justify this to Bimmel, they have a couple other people there they could have kind of get about this. If you're worried about this being some type of biocontamination that you think these bodies are especially hazardous, true or not, that's definitely a case you could make to Bimmel and try and get some of this stuff disposed of. I, I'll use my knowledge, my deep knowledge of like biology, microbiology, and medicine to weave together a story of like correlating things that these bodies have and a reason why they pose a threat to the base and everyone on it and why they must be disposed of. Sure. I want to make sure that they're sealed in body bags and, you know, marked with a biohazard do not open before doing that. Sure. So you're off to go and try and convince Bimmel to burn some bodies? Yeah. All right, yeah, so she's easy enough to track down. She's kind of surprised that you come in. Dr. Schuler, is, is everything okay? You seem pale. I have some things that I found that I think would be better discussed at a later date with the rest of the researchers, perhaps tonight, before we uh, sign off at the debrief. But I do have a quick report rundown of some of the bodies that I've looked at. You want to give it a once over. I'm suggesting four of the bodies show signs of potentially infectious well issues with it that could pose a risk to the base and everyone on it. I think that they should be uh, set for immediate destruction. Oh my, that does sound urgent. The use of hazmat suits. Do you think it, the destruction of the bodies is pertinent? Is it that severe potentially? I do not think that everyone on this base has followed or will continue to follow the safety protocols that you or I would. During our autopsy before, the guard that came in did not suit up before he entered. I think that it poses too much of a health risk with the military personnel. I see, I see. I suppose that makes a certain amount of sense. If one of the generators was to fail on one of the trucks and some type of... Yes, I get where you're coming from. Circulation might be a problem, given the blizzard of it all. If I'm being blunt, I'm not quite sure how easy it will be to burn stuff in the middle of a blizzard, but we can see if we get something set up on that topic. Can you go into more detail about what makes these bodies so, again, needing of immediate disposal? I mean, yeah, Schuler will just spew off something that's real, but that he's making up for this circumstance. He'll, like, open the report and show Bimmel, like, the correlations quote-unquote that he's seen between them uh, and you are in luck despite being kind of the lead of all of this dr bimmel is not a medical doctor more of a physicist type of doctor so it's very easy to kind of 
overwhelm her with a bunch of biological speak. She probably kind of holds a hand up to her face a couple of times in surprise and shock at all of this. Then she goes, if I wasn't here for this, I would think you were making up some type of bad science fiction movie. She kind of like laughs to herself. It's only a matter of mental people's skin starts melting off, huh? I wish I could laugh at our situation, but uh, this is a lot more sci-fi than I thought it would be coming into it. Yes, yes, I suppose you're right. A poor joke in my part. Yeah, we all cope in our own ways, right? Yes, yes, I, I admit, with the whole climate systems here malfunctioning as much as they seem to be all of a sudden today, I, with how just annoyingly warm it's been in some of the buildings, it's been on my mind some, I suppose. Yeah, you heard anyone else complaining about the temperature? Here and there, a few people mentioning it. The reality is most people seem to be a little bit okay with it, given the, well, slightly frigid nature of how we keep these. I thought maybe they'd finally gotten it right, but who knows? Doesn't that seem odd? I mean, you know the temperature outside. Kind of shrugs at this, she goes, perhaps they're malfunctioning in our favor. I'd rather be a little bit uncomfortably warm than uncomfortably cold in these conditions. As you may remember yesterday, it was quite chilly inside of all of our buildings. But what about when you're outside, Pimelo? Are you even cold remotely? I've tried to limit how much time I spend outside. The Easier to forget about the blizzard than spend time storming out into it. That's what the AFOSI and the soldiers are for. Well, we need to talk more tonight, but I, I think you should go on a short walk. I'm just curious how cold you feel. I mean, a lot of people seem to be just fine outside now. I mean, I see people taking jackets off and walking around. Yes, I suppose that's... I have observed that, but I simply racked it up to some misplaced male bravado, kind of like leans in close to talk to you. Between you and me, the AFOSI agents are... They're a little bit more than Gestapo in this case. You, you may have noticed a bit of an irregularity in their charge of this situation. All I'm going to say is um, I don't think anybody's peacocking in this situation, Bimmel. There is something deeply wrong with all of us. Kind of nods at this. Well, Dr. Schuler, based on what you've come across so far, what do you think is going on? If I'm being totally honest, things do not seem to quite line up with my understanding of how gray technologies historically worked. It seems it's had far-fetched and like a bad plot to a bad cartoon show, but... Is it possible there's some type of a weather control device being tested? Maybe, but that does not explain the inherent changes that have undergone our our biology. I'm sorry, what? We're not built to survive in this kind of weather. We're not built to walk around unprotected, but we are. I'm I'm informing you now that tonight when we debrief, it needs to be in a very secure location. Otherwise, our friends here, the ones wearing the fatigues, running around with rifles, are going to lock us all up, and we're all getting tested on. None of us are going to leave this place. Dr. Schuler, I, I understand things are high stress right now. No, but... no, no, Bimmel. Look at me. Trust me when I say this. You need to find a place where we can meet in private tonight, where there's no chance anyone will be listening. She looks at you concerned. Give me a persuasion check. I do charisma. Yes, yeah, you can do charisma instead. 45 of a 75 success. Hell yeah. Yeah, so the concern shifts from are you okay to concerned that maybe there's an understanding of something stranger going on. Like, 
she doesn't like what you're saying, but she believes that you genuinely believe in this, and this isn't some just delusion. Like, this is... If you're this insistent on it, that maybe means that this is more of a thing than maybe she wants to think about. She's very bound by the traditional kind of trappings of science, so the fact that you are this concerned and that this situation is this weird and that it's not lining up with anything she's dealt with previously in her time with the project, she's definitely giving your concerns a little bit more, what's the right phrase, gravity than she might in this kind of situation. Like, scientists under stress kind of do weird things all the time, but the fact that this isn't stress, this is obviously you think you know something, that's a bit more of a problem. She kind of nods slowly. Understood, Dr. Schuler. I'm not sure I have a good location here on base where we can go about doing that, but I suppose I can try and arrange for something. Uh, well, I hear Major Dempsey might have something she wants to show us down at the lake tonight. Perhaps uh, we can talk there. Yeah, she did seem awfully excited about the data she pulled. I, I do hope there's something in that. Be careful. I suspect you've already figured it out by now, but Harris is not your friend. And while I don't think Farrell's quite the same type of monster Harris is, I'm not sure I'd trust him either. The two seem more interested in fighting with each other at this point and undermining the other than actually getting anything done based on what I've seen so far. Have you dealt with Major Farrell yet? No, I've been fortunate that he's avoided me so far. Yes, indeed. He is a man of, I believe the polite phrase might be, singular focus. And there's a chance that singular focus might cause problems if we don't start getting answers soon. And has Harris asked you if you're one of them yet? Sorry, what? Oh, it's it's nothing. I overheard Agent Harris talking to someone earlier. He mentioned some, I, I don't know, it's not like a security clearance of some kind. He was worried that they might show up. I think he asked one of Major Farrell's men if he was one of them. He was quite angry about it. I don't know. The, the stress seems to be getting to him. I mean, noted. It was a strange word. Something green, I think? I, um, I'll, I'll keep an ear out, but no, I, he hasn't asked me about anything like that. Look, I'm, I'm going to regroup with uh, Dempsey and Merlot. Look, this is like priority one. Get those bodies destroyed, please. Yes, for, for all I know. Could have been blowing off steam and calling the man green as an insult. It struck me as strange. Okay. All right. I, I'm i going to try to avoid him, but if he approaches me, I'll see if I can. That is probably the smartest play at this point. But yeah, the bodies. All right. I, I'm going to go meet up with Dempsey and Marilow now. Yes, yes. Understood. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll get on the bodies. I, I'm assuming Agent Harris will ask why we're incinerating the bodies. How honest would you like me to be about that? I don't know, tell him that I said that if we don't, all of us will be bleeding from our eyes in a week wishing that we were dead. Understand, full bad sci-fi treatment. <laughs> <laughs>